Awesome Matthews. Very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go! Oh, your team sucks, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. And I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are! Listen, Gary! <laughs> I'm saying, pick it! Oh, what's going on, everyone? It is Daft Picks, episode 30. Kind of a centennial. With us today, we have Parker, as always. What's up? And friend of the show, Adam, joins us again. Good to be back. And today, we have a lot of deadline news with the NHL. And, of course, we got some spring training and the Astros to talk about. But we'll start with the NHL. You want to start with the first trade of the day, of the deadline? And we'll start with Vinny Trocek going to Carolina. Thoughts on Vincent Trocek as a hurricane? I mean, he's going to provide the team good secondary scoring, possibly even primary yeah. scoring. I could see him sometimes filling as the center for the top line. And he's also a physical player, and he's a great face-off man. So I think that's a good trade for the Hurricanes. For Florida, however, <laughs> uh, f four players for him. None of them necessarily any good. Yeah, the only one that I actually like had any interest in um, was Lucas Walmark because he's got some upside. And, and Chase Prisky has a little bit of potential as a defenseman, but I don't really understand this trade from Florida's perspective other than a shakeup. Although I had heard that... Trocek didn't click under Quenville and that it was likely he was going to be moved out at some point anyways. So I don't know a lot of the contracts of the players from the Panthers side, but are they getting any cap space from this deal? Mm, a little bit, but nothing like super noticeable. I mean, they have cap space still, so it's not like that noticeable to them. I know looking at the trade, I don't understand where Florida's coming from. Like, it's just a giant question mark in my mind. It's like, good for the Canes. They get Trocek, who could be a good second or first line forward for them, depending on who's hurt that night. But I don't understand quite where the Panthers are coming from going for that kind of deal. It seems like they could have possibly gotten picks or that they could have gotten a player comparable to Trocek. Or I don't understand the four for one when all four yeah. of those players really aren't anything special. And I don't see having any longevity in the league. That's fair. From Florida's side, I understand it a tad bit because, like, Quenville's going to get the most out of everybody. And I, I think Lucas Walmark fits that well. I don't know a ton about E2 Lusterinen. I mean, I, I've heard of his name. Eric Hollis strikes me as a, just a kind of just a depth guy until he's off his deal. One thing I do want to do today as we go around these trades is I want us all to give them a grade. So, Parker, quickly circling back, what grade would you give this trade as a whole? Or what team do you think did better and worse? I think Carolina did better. Okay. They gave up virtually. I don't want to say nothing, but they gave up not too much for a decent player. How about a, a letter grade for each team in the trade? Carolina A, Florida C. I'd say I'd give Florida a C- and Carolina a B+. I'd give Carolina an A, and I'd give Florida a B. I really think that this is a decent trade. I just don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, there is enough components. It's like not all four of them can be busts. It's like yeah. Eric Halla, worst case scenario, you get a depth guy and you clear up a little bit of cap. Walmart, you said, could be potentially pretty good. And the other two, I don't really know a lot about. But like you look around the league and you get players that can come up and be really good out of nowhere. Like yeah, nobody I mean, thought nobody thought Tory Krug was going to be that good of a defenseman when he came up for Boston. Yeah, I mean, like Florida has their core. I think they'll be all right with some depth guys. Moving up, we're only going to cover the bigger trades, like some of the small ones we might skip over. So talking more about J.G. Peugeot, that was a pretty big one. I think that was the biggest piece off the board. Goes to the Islanders, immediately signs a 6 times 5 extension with them. And of course, they paid a lot for him. Parker, again, starting with you, what do you think about this trade with New York and Ottawa? I think it's really interesting. I didn't expect Peugeot to be moved. I was thinking Ottawa would actually start holding on to their talented players that they already have that aren't super young. I'll always remember Pajot for that insane playoff run he had. And I remember last year or the year before he was injured and he wasn't necessarily playing that well. But now that he's fully healthy, he's back to playing like how he used to be. And with that being said, I feel like the Islanders gave up a little bit too much for him. They gave up a first round pick, a second and a third. First round's conditional. Uh, but what's no, the no, condition no, the, the, on the it? The third down, the third round is conditional. I thought I saw that it was reading as conditional as well. The third round is if they win the cup, they get oh, third round. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me with that many picks, but it, at the same time, it's like I like where Ottawa's coming from because they're still not in a, in my mind, not in a sense of we need to keep our talent right now. Yeah, see, it's... On, They're both conditional, but the first yeah. round pick moves to next year. That's the condition on that. If oh, they, okay, okay. If it's, it's lottery protected. Okay. So if they 
don't make the playoffs, it's a lottery potential. I completely forgot about that part. That makes sense. The third okay. round is completely conditional on them actually winning. Personally, when I look at the trade, I think JJ Peugeot is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I don't really think it's what they needed, per se. But Ottawa did really well here. If I'm giving them a trade grade, I think yeah. Ottawa gets an A for the mm -hmm. whole deadline. But we'll get to that at the end. I'd give New York a B, considering Peugeot is a good player and he's going to slot in well with Barzell. So one, like a 1-2. They got their guy long-term, and ultimately, that's what you pay for. You paid the picks. You got him signed to a contract. That's all you care about, right? Yep. So, and yeah, he will be 32. Yeah, he signed to seven years, and he's still... Six years, or, sorry, five. Plus six oh. times five. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he signed for a relatively, like, a, a long-term, and he's a relatively young player. That's the going rate for a second-line center. Like, aside from some market inefficiencies, like Jordan Stahl and Nelson Kadri, like, those are literally the two only second-line centers that make less than seven mil. Six mil for that kind of guy, I think you take that. Yeah. Again... Very good face-off guy, and he's also super physical. He's going to be a fan favorite if he's not already one right now. Real quickly, just to circle back again, trade grade. Ottawa A, Islanders B+. I honestly give both teams a B plus for this trade. I think that the Islanders gave up a little bit too much, but that's... I think they give up a little bit too much if they win the cup because that third-round pick, it's like a first, a second, and a third for... Our a guy that's probably going to stay second line, I think, is a little too much. Right, but, but if it's, you still, it's still good for him. But if you win the cup, doesn't matter. Exactly. That's it's that's and ever and it's also going to go too much when you win the cup. It's, you also got to look at like they didn't send all of that just for him. They sent all that for him and to keep him long term. Yeah. That's fair. So they yeah. bought. I moving, still stick with the B plus. <laughs> moving right along, I think the next big trade would be Patrick Marlowe, which I wouldn't say this is a huge trade at this point in his career. He's more of a depth guy. Again, Parker, why don't we give your take first? When I first saw this, I was with our good friend Tyler, and he was cursing up a storm, being like, Jim Rutherford's trading away all of our picks for these old guys. <laughs> I distinctly remember you sending me that, too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe is an interesting case because he's 40, but he can still produce, albeit not how he used to, obviously. That being said, I don't like trading a third for him. I would trade like a fifth or sixth. I mean, he's going to be there for leadership in the locker room, but I can't really see him making too much of an impact on the ice. What's your grade? I'd give the Sharks a B and the Penguins a C. I personally like the trade as not being a Penguins fan. I like the opportunity that Marlowe's going to have on Pittsburgh if they can clean up their act. I know that they've been playing really trash hockey right before the deadline and right now, this Sunday after the deadline. Marlowe, I still see as, especially with the injuries that Pittsburgh's had, a third line, second line winger. He's going to be playing power play two unit. I don't see anything wrong that can happen. Yeah, the guy's 40 years old, but he's a Len Lease player right now. So a conditional third for what's probably going to be what Pittsburgh's trying to make as another cup run in their division. I don't see anything wrong with it. I give both teams a, a B because it's nothing special on either side. Yeah, I, being a Penguins fan, I do like the trade a lot. I think Marlowe brings leadership, and I love Matt Cullen when he was here, but it's not like he's Matt Cullen where he's just going to be a depth guy. Like, he actually has a chance to make an impact, and he's been good in the playoffs lately, too. A third-round pick to me is nothing. A lot of guys picked in that don't make the NHL. Like, I think there's like a 98% chance that they don't make it. It doesn't bother me. That being said, I'm not a big fan of trading that many picks away this year, but if I had to give both teams a grade, I think I'd give both teams a B. Like, the Sharks are rebuilding, or they should be at least. And we all know Patrick Marlowe is going to go back home. I mean, both Twitter accounts even alluded to it that, you know, listen, this is just a temporary thing. But I know at the end of his legacy when he retires, I'll get to say he was a penguin. And I love that because I've always loved Marlowe. I mean, that's player. like what people say with Ray Bork. It's like he's an Av. Well, no, he was a Bruin. Right. It's, but hey, you get to that's say what that everyone's going to say. Yeah. Like yeah. I can say that Ray Bork was on that Stanley Cup team in Colorado, but everyone knows him as a Bruin. Moving along. Wayne Simmons. Now, this to me is the deal of the deadline that doesn't make any sense because the Sabres aren't a playoff team. And no offense to them, they're not going to make it. Like last night, it was pretty much confirmed they're not going to make it. Their tragic numbers down to like single digits, like it's it's over. Take it away. Yeah, I don't understand this trade. At least the Devils got something for him. Is <laughs> the way I could look at it, but he hasn't been playing super hot this year. But I don't know why the Sabres would trade for him, but they didn't give up that much to get him. Yeah, I don't understand this trade at all. I'd give C's all around. It doesn't really make sense for anyone involved. I actually kind of like this deal on the Sabres part because the Devils just wanted to get rid of him. He hasn't been productive in New Jersey. He's not been good in the locker room from what I've heard. And it's like, what's the worst case scenario? You lose a fifth round pick. The numbers on players making into the NHL as a fifth round pick is probably even lower than the third round picks. So it's like, 
you get a guy who best case scenario returns to how he was in Philly, like with that type of physical grit and still scoring goals and worst case scenario. Oh, wow. Look, you lost a fifth round pick and you let him walk to free agency. Maybe. Okay. I don't see anything wrong with it because he can still be productive next year because the Sabres team, I think is just lacking consistency and just, I can see that they're probably just trying to add players who have been good and trying to get them back to being that level. Right now, it's going to be one of those trades that either is going to go up in Buffalo and New Jersey history as a fleecing for getting Wayne Simmons for a fifth, or it's going to go down as who the heck is Wayne Simmons in five years? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Did you give a grade? Right now, looking at it, I give both teams a C plus or a B minus because it's like right now it means nothing. If we talk about this trade next year at this time, if per se Wayne Simmons is like a top five scorer on Buffalo, okay then we'll talk about this trade maybe again. But right now, no. All right. I'm going to preface it with this. Jason Botterill should be fired. He is ruining the Sabres, and that's pretty hard to do. Both teams get an F. I'll just say that off the bat, and I'll tell you why. Wayne Simmons already said he didn't want to be a rental. Now, of course, he waived like that kind of thing because he gets to go home. He's from Toronto. He wanted to be closer to his dogs and his family. That's fine. Buffalo, Toronto. That makes sense to let that go for that. Sabres aren't competing. To give up any asset is dumb for a player who's not going to resign there. And the Devils, although I think Tom Fitzgerald has a chance to be a better GM than Ray Shiro was, it doesn't make any sense to trade away this guy. And especially you have two stars in your team who were very injury prone in their early career and they don't have anybody to protect them now. Like Wayne Simmons was there for leadership and he was there to protect Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. And now they don't have anybody there to sort of defend them if anything happens. Very dumb for both Yeah, the other physical player they had... Andy Green. Well, not just Andy Green, but Blake Coleman. Blake oh, Coleman's yeah, gone Blake too. Coleman Pickles, yeah. Well, what was Simmons' contract numbers? It was like a million dollars for two years. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot that he was at such a low contract. Never mind. Yeah, he, he took a bylaw. Moving on quickly, the Oilers and Red Wings uh, made like three trades today. I, I saw a tweet. It was like the next thing Ken Holland's going to trade for is his old dust chair. <laughs> I see here Andreas Athanasiu and Ryan Kufner. Now, I know a couple Red Wings fans, they're most upset about Ryan Kufner because he's got a lot of potential. Athanasiu wasn't working out. He really didn't play well, and he was on pace for a negative 85. So the Oilers get a really fast guy. I think like McDavid's line will be better now. Take it away, Parker. Yeah, so the Oilers get Athanasiu and Ryan Kufner. And the Red Wings are getting Sam Gagne, 2020 second round pick, and a 2021 second round pick. And that's a good haul for a young player that isn't playing to his potential on the prospect. I think it's a good deal for both sides. I feel like with Athanasiu, he needs talented players around him to succeed. And he wasn't really getting that in Detroit. And they weren't willing to wait for all their call-ups to make him better. Figured just get rid of him right now. The Oilers, this works because if you put them with McDavid, they're both very fast skaters. That could be a really interesting combination. I would give the Red Wings an A, and I would give the Oilers a B plus. I would personally give both teams like an A minus because both teams address their needs in some way. Like you said, the speed with McDavid could be an added bonus. I like the Red Wings picking up picks, especially them being higher picks for the next two years with the two second round picks. I think that that's... That's something that Red Wings knew we need to sell, especially with a player and players potentially that aren't playing to their ability that they think. And they get another player and they get two picks that can possibly work out for them in the next couple of years. So I don't see anything wrong with it. I think both teams did well on that trade. I think that's a mutual, you need this, I need this, let's get this done, as opposed to fleecing somebody dry. I, I like that trade. I give both teams a B minus. Hinging on Athanasius health because he just got hurt. So I think the Oilers did okay here. I think they get a quick guy from McDavid. They actually had, I think it was like eight combined points in the first couple of games. Just good for a new line. I like what the uh, Red Wings did here, picking up two picks. Even though next year's draft class isn't very deep. You never know. It's still a second round pick. It's just a lottery ticket at that point, but it, it's okay. It's not a bad trade. Penguins and Sabres next. Dominic Cahoon goes from Pittsburgh. And of course, Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sherry, my sweet son, comes home to Pittsburgh. Parker, take it away. So I always saw Cahoon as a younger and better version of Connor Sherry. So me personally, I think it's a little interesting that they're trading him to get Sherry back. You get a but very angry look yeah. from, from Chris. Death glare. Look, Sherry wasn't good when he wasn't on Pittsburgh. When he was on Pittsburgh with Crosby, he looked great. But everyone looks great with Crosby. What's your grade? <laughs> I'll give both teams a B. I think that this is a very standard trade deadline move. I don't see anything wrong with it. There's nothing too special. Yeah, Pittsburgh gets Connor Sherry back. Nothing entirely too special. I would give both teams a B. Okay. 
First of all, I'm going to give Buffalo a C just because trading two players for one is not a smart thing to do, especially most yeah, of the time. Most of the time. I'm going to give Pittsburgh a B plus. My affiliation for Connor Sherry aside and the fact that it's literally my social media handle, why so serious? We know what he has. We know what he brings. He's young enough still, and he's got a good contract. Dom Cahoon wasn't fitting in. He wasn't doing much of anything. And honestly, I think the steal of this deal might be Evan Rodriguez. We just need some depth. He's pretty quick. I like the steal for Pittsburgh. I won't give it an A. It's still really just a depth player. I mean, Connor Sherry on most teams is not a first liner, except for when he's with Crosby. I look at him as the new age Chris Kunitz that I actually like. So that's my take on the trade. Glares aside. Moving right along here, so we have the Calgary Flames and the LA Kings. An interesting one here, the Flames getting Derek Forbert. And of course, it's only a fourth round pick going back, but Derek Forbert is going to add some grit there. And I think it's a really underrated trade. Yeah, Derek Forbert's a really good bottom four defenseman. Is that is that? Yeah, term? that's accurate. I mean, he brings a lot of grit. He's not going to lose you a game. He's very solid defensively. He was like that with the Kings. He's always racking up hits and blocks and penalty minutes. And sometimes he would score a goal here and there. Very good defensive defenseman. Really good depth. And for a conditional fourth round pick, I'd take it. Good deal for both sides. Go give both a B. Once again, I see nothing wrong with this trade. It's like Forbert, he's going to be in your starting six almost every night, and he's going to be sitting probably bottom pair, maybe second pair defensively, possibly penalty kill. The, the guy's not anything stellar, but he, like you said, he's not going to lose you games. He's not like an Akita Zadorov where, damn, I lost the puck three times and gave up <laughs> goals on two of them. I'm, uh, I'm going to give up the puck right in front of the net. Yeah, three times. Thank God that the goaltending in Colorado has been okay. But anyway, I like the deal. Uh, it's going to help the Flames out, I think, in their depth on, on defense, especially especially for their playoff run that they're trying to put together in the Pacific. I give Calgary a B plus because it's still it's only a top six defender. It's not anyone special, really. Kings, I think that they could have gotten a little bit more out, especially because it's a conditional pick in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what the condition is. Maybe it's for next year or the year after. I don't know. But I give the Kings a C plus because what's the worst that comes out of that? They're in a rebuild. Yeah, I, I look at this trade, first of all, Derek Forbert. I'm actually surprised the Kings didn't get more because he has that first-round pedigree from 2010. So, kind of shocking that they didn't pull more, but I like this to the Flames. I'm just going to give C's across the board because, quite frankly, it's a nothing trade. I think if the Flames do make a run, he'll be good for the playoffs. He's got that type of rugged body where he's not going to score points, but he's exactly what you need in a deep playoff run, which is good depth. So, that's my take on it. Moving right along here, we got the Devils and Hurricanes making a trade. Of course, Sammy Vatnin goes for a couple states over, and coming back is, I'm trying to read this, Jamie, y Yanni Kwokinen, I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered that, I didn't even know, Yanni Kwokinen and Fred DeClayson, and a conditional pick, so apologies to Yanni Kwokinen, <laughs> Parker, take us away, please. Sammy Vatanen isn't really a defenseman, but he's, I can't call him a fourth forward, because he's not super good offensively. <laughs> he's like a third line forward who's good at defense, playing defense, and you could tell. Right, yeah. He's kind of like, he actually kind of reminds me of Justin Falk a little bit. Bad? Yeah. <laughs> I've never liked Vatanen. I feel like, wasn't he like a first round pick or something like that? Or a he second round a pick? pick? He's never lived up to that. I think his career high is like 30 points. And on the defensive side, I think his like career high and hits and blocks are like around like 50 each. So he doesn't really do much of anything and he always gets hurt. And I don't even know who these players are <laughs> that the Devils got. Like, you're the prospect guru here. We'll Have get you... to this when I talk, but okay. yeah. I, I don't know how to grade this. I'm going to give C's. I don't like it. I just don't like this trade. I'm not a huge fan of the trade either. I mean, you lose, depending on the pedigree of prospects, and we'll learn about that <laughs> from Mr. Prospect coming next. <laughs> the two for one, and you lose a pick in the process. I'm not a huge fan for getting Vatanen, who's on the lesser end of his career now. So I don't see that it will hurt Carolina, but I don't see how it's helping them. I'm going to go with C's. That's all. Yeah, right now he's on the IR. He's been on the IR for like Killer. at least a month. So yeah, they trade all this for a guy who's not even going to play yet. Fs. What the hell, dude? <laughs> I, like, I've never heard of Yanni Kwakinen, and I've heard of for DeClayson because he's bad. So oh. I have no idea what the hell this trade... The fourth round pick is the best player in this trade. Like, I don't understand what the deal is here. Sammy Vatnin's hot garbage on the ice. He's never been good. He, he's like a second round pick, and the best thing he's ever done is not played. So I don't understand what the... Like, sure, the Hurricanes realistically get a player who can put ice skates on? 
and will fill in a, the best defensive team in the NHL doesn't need another defender. So you get an F for that. Well, he's not a defender, so. You're right. He's, he's the bench. <laughs> and Devils, I guess, signed a, apparently two players, real, quote-unquote. They could have made those names up, and I wouldn't have known the difference. I've only heard of Fred DeClayson once. Fs. High quality. Real quickly, I just want to, we're not going to talk about it, but Zane McIntyre gets traded to the Devils. For He's, Louis Domingue. That used to be Zane Gothenburg. He was a decent prospect for the Bruins. He changed his name. I just wanted to make that known. Why? I, I, I followed Zane for a while. I think it was Gothenburg. It's a long story. He had a nice little athletic piece about his grandmother, how he changed his name. It was a nice piece. I've liked Zane for a while. I hope he succeeds. Just moving right along. I mean, he's in New Jersey, so. Uh, what a shame. <laughs> moving along. All right. We don't curse on the show, so I'm going to restrain myself. What? Talk about the uh, deal with the lightning here, Parker. I hate it. I hate it. So it, we. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Let me just read it off. Wait a minute. Wait. I'm reading this, hold, and I'm like, on. what? <laughs> All right, pause. We got Barclay Goudreau from the Sharks going to Tampa and a third-round pick for Philly Anthony, Gr- Anthony Grico and a first-round pick. What? This is Parker. <laughs> Tampa oh. Bay, this right. trade deadline has given up three first-round picks for the whopping combination of Blake Coleman and Barclay Goudreau, both of which are bottom six forwards. This is an F. Tampa gets an F. The Sharks get an A+. Plus. They get an S. They get whatever's <laughs> above, I don't know, S. Superstar. Like, how do you... Like, you're getting a first-round pick for a for a glorified penalty killer, face-off man, a goon, fourth-line guy... You get a first-round pick for that? Let's go. What? Let's go Sharks. Yeah, let's go. Let's go Sharks. I mean, they get a first-round pick for that. They win the deadline easily. I mean, granted, that first-round pick, depending on where Tampa finishes, it's still a first-round pick. It's still a first-round pick. Tampa does not have a first-round pick anymore because they traded all of them. No, I'm saying that depending on where Tampa finishes, that's basically going to be a glorified second-round pick. That trade's still trash. I don't want Tampa to turn into the Los Angeles Rams and trade away all their first-round picks for the next five years. Too late. I'm going to go with Fs on Tampa Bay's side. I give a solid A to the Sharks. I mean, it's hard to say no to a first-round pick when you're trading away hot garbage and Philly's third. You're not even losing your third. You're losing Philly's. So, like, you're going to lose a third-round pick that's going to be basically a glorified fourth, and you're, all right, whatever. I don't know how they did that. They did it, but they got a first. Good job. Good job, San Jose. I'll uh, preface this with this the lightning really aren't a fan of first round picks or winning in it so <laughs> um f and then the sharks a like that's simple you treated a nothing for a first round pick congratulations and you get some random guy and um, i don't even know who anthony greco is surprise third option i'm gonna give an a plus to elliot friedman who tweeted first round for goudreau and startled the whole hockey world until he said <laughs> barclay <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Fs. Real quickly, just want to, again, make a note of a player. Pretty much a nothing trade with the Blue Jackets. Finally cut ties with Sonny Milano. I remember back in 2013 or whatever he was drafted, he had his, like, big skills showing. He was supposed to be the next great, like, Datsuk player. He's got so much finesse and style, and I really hope that on a rebuilding team like the Ducks, he can get his chance, because I love Sonny Milano. It's for, like, Devin Shore, I think, was the guy. Pretty much a nothing trade. Just thought I'd put that out. Now, I like the next trade we're going to talk about. Oh, wow. This is a big trade. So the Chicago Blackhawks, who I'm going to yell at more than anything I've yelled at today, trade Robin Lehner for Malcolm Subban, Slava Diamond, we'll get to him, and a 2020 second round pick, Parker. It makes me mad how disrespected Robin Lehner has been his entire career. This man, every year, puts up like a 930. Not that high. 920, 930 save percentage. Yeah, he's great. I remember when he was with the Sabres, and he was incredible, and his save percentage was through the roof, but all A1 talked about was, oh, he sucks at shootouts, and then they ran him out of town. Don't get into shootouts. Even though, again, his save percentage that year was 930, or like 925 or something like that. It was ludicrously high. When he was with the Islanders, his save percentage was ludicrously high. He was a Vesna candidate. They don't re-sign him. They sign Varlamov over him. He goes to Chicago. They trade him for Malcolm Subban, who sucks. Bunch of other guys. I'm giving the Golden Knights an A+. I'm giving the Blackhawks a C. He's going to be a good option to possibly replace Flower if Flower really starts to play terrible. If Flower turns into Flower from when Matt Murray had to take over for him. If he turns into Flower when Pittsburgh always got knocked out of the first round. 
I like this trade for Robin Lehner a lot. I think that Robin Lehner gets an A+, because now he's on a Stanley Cup contending team, and he's going to be able to sit backup slash 50-50 starter with Marc-Andre Fleury. What's wrong with that? Chicago's dumb. I want to say I like Malcolm Subban. He's not in a good system for his style of goaltending in Vegas, but at the same time, he's not a goalie that I think is going to work well in Chicago. I think that if Malcolm Subban was going to succeed anywhere, it needs to be a very defense-heavy team like Carolina. I don't see where Chicago's going for with this. Good job. They get a second-round pick. I mean, they're trying to rebuild-ish slash contend-ish. They're trying not to be hot garbage is what I'm trying to say. I give Chicago a C. I give Vegas an A. I'm going to have a more nuanced take on this. First of all, Stan Bowman needs to go. Like, it's apparent. He got rid of Quenville. He cleaned house, except for the old boys that they had. That aside, this specific trade isn't as bad out of the service as it looks. Robin Lehner is a Vesna candidate, and he's going to make Vegas that much better. And I think if they sign him long-term, like, I really like Robin Lehner as a goalie. I think he's one of the best in the NHL. I really like that. So I'm going to give Vegas an A+. Plus is it safe team. to say that Lehner is the most underrated goalie in the NHL? No, I don't think he's underrated by anybody, but I think he's the most underrated by NHL GMs who don't want to pay him. That's fair enough. However, I'm going to give Chicago a B, because that second-round pick is going to be nothing, most likely, at least position-wise. Now, Malcolm Subban, you said he should be in a different system. I think that system's the AHL. I think he needs to develop. <laughs> that's not like a dis. He, I think he needs to develop still. I don't think he was developed properly in Boston. I think he's going to be a late bloomer. He's got potential to be an initial backup. Give him some time. The bane of this trade is going to be Slava Demon. He's been good for the University of Denver. He's going to take some time. He's only 20 years old. He's got to develop. He could be, like, they just traded Eric Gustafson at this deadline, and we'll get to him at some point, I'm sure. I see him being like Eric Gustafson. He's got a good ceiling. He was a fourth-round pick. He's very much a what-are-you right now. Give it a chance, though. I'm going to give them a very tentative B-. Hesitant on him. This could easily be a flop if he's bad. But I'm going to give them a chance because I don't think it's as bad on the surface as it looks. They didn't give up a first-round pick. They gave up Robin Lehner. That's all that matters to me. So if you're not going to resign him and you're hinging on being bad, if they're going to rebuild, that's not a bad thing. Moving right along here, again, a trade we're just going to pass by quickly. The Daniel Sprong era in Anaheim ends, and he goes to the Capitals. As a Penguins fan, I just have to make note that Daniel Sprong didn't succeed here. And Christian Juice goes back to the Ducks. That's a nothing trade, but we're just touching up on it. Quickly, I see the Eric Gustafson trade here, so we'll touch on that. That's Flames and Blackhawks. I actually would like this trade. I'll get to that, but Gustafson goes to the Flames for a third-round pick, which is conditional. Yeah, I like it. He was kind of a late bloomer defenseman with the Blackhawks. He didn't really break out until last year where he had like, out of nowhere, he had like 60 points. As a defenseman, that's pretty good. And Blackhawks getting a conditional third round pick, that's, that's all right. I feel like they could have gotten a little bit more from him if they capitalized on that a little bit earlier, but not bad. I think it's really good for the Flames, though. They get another defenseman who could really help them out, especially on the back end, setting passes. 800 feet to uh, Goudreau in the front. I'd give the Flames a B plus Blackhawks C. I'm going to basically just say what you just did. So B plus and C. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing too special. I mean, I looked at so many of the trades this deadline and none of them for the most part stood out. There were so much rumors in this trade deadline in general that made it seem like it was going to be a really big one, especially after last year's depending on how you look at it. And nothing really happened. I mean, like, nothing major. Nothing like, hey, this team walked away and they're going to win the cup now because they fixed their team. Nah. I mean, this trade was standard. It was good. But nothing that you're going to write home about. Unless you're a Flames fan, I mean. Fs. Eric Gustafson's not going to fit in there. He's not. He's not the right type of defenseman. He's very hinged on who he's playing with. I like Eric Gustafson, but it doesn't make sense to me. He's not a big physical body, which is what the Flames demanded their defensemen. All their defensemen are big guys. Yeah, you need a puck mover. They've got Giordano. I don't see him being anything more than a third defenseman there, which you don't get rid of a third-round pick for. They don't really need him, and they can't resign him in a few years anyways. And the Blackhawks, you're trading away a controllable young asset. Like, he's 25. Like, you don't need to trade him away. And especially not for a third-round pick, which is conditional. What are you going to get that for? F's all around. Now, I know it's an unpopular take. I know a lot of people said this was a decent trade, including you guys. I think it's a terrible trade. And it's not that it's a bad player or anything. It's just, it doesn't make sense in my head. So that's my reasoning. Moving right along, the Hurricanes and Rangers. To me, this is one of the bigger deadline trades. Now, before we get to this one, though, I just want to get to a non-trade before we forget. 
Chris Kreider actually re-signed with the Rangers. Remember last show we talked about that a lot. Real quickly, do you think that was the right move? Yeah, I think he has the potential to be a real leader over there. He's one of the very few holdovers from the team that went to the Stanley Cup final a couple years ago. I feel like it's kind of smart for them to hold on to at least one of those players. And not only that player, he was one of the younger ones of the group. And yeah, I think it's a smart signing by them to keep him. I think that it's the right move in the case that the Rangers are able to rebuild fast, like they're finished their rebuild. I don't think they're done yet. I know that they're in contention to get a wild card spot right now in the East, but I think that this signing only makes sense that if you finish your rebuild in the next year or two and you really make heavy pushes. I still think that they should have traded him because I think that he was worth more to them as trade bait than he is as a player with the experience that he has aside. I don't see anything wrong with the signing at the same time that I see why they signed him. So it's not bad, but I think it's only going to be good if they can make a run in the next couple of years after their rebuild's really done. I actually like the deal. I think it was a fair contract. Both parties gave in a little bit. He gave in on the money. They gave in on the contract length. I think it works out well. I think he's going to be there for years to come. He's a pretty durable player. That being said, he just got injured, but he's got a chance to play with Panarin and Kako and whoever else they end up drafting. Not to mention who they already have. I think it's a decent deal to stay there. Sticking with the Rangers, again, something that's not related, though. We talked about Lundqvist last show and how we thought he'd go somewhere else. Now, of course, something came up that kind of prevented that, and that was Igor Shesterkin and Buchnevich got in the car accident. Now, of course, they're both okay. Shesterkin's going to be down for a couple weeks, probably closer to a couple months, but non-displaced ribs. He was killing it before he got hurt. Hopefully he gets well soon. Obviously, Lundqvist gets to stay there, but he's not starting. I just want to know what you guys' thoughts are on him being scratched on two back-to-backs in a row, not getting a chance to play, and then running Gorgiev. So Gorgiev played all those games? He's played, yeah, he played back-to-backs, and he, they started their, their backup, essentially, on two back-to-backs. And he's playing well, but, like, does it make sense to sit Lundqvist when you've got him healthy? I mean, I think it's a little disrespectful to him. I feel like he is probably extraordinarily ticked off about the situation, knowing him, because he's obviously very, what's where I want angry. to look for? I, I want to say angry, but he's very emotional, passionate. very passionate. He hasn't even been playing bad this year. Like, he's actually playing better this year than in years previous. So I don't see why to just keep not playing him. In this standing, I hate the Rangers. Play Lundqvist. That's all. Play Lundqvist. Play him or trade him. Like, this deadline, he deserves to go to a team who's actually going to win the cup, not a team that's going to go to the playoffs and then lose in the first round because they don't have the team around him to win. Like, play your standout goalie or get rid of him. He needs to go somewhere and compete for a cup, or else Hendrik Lundqvist is going to go down in history as the best goalie to not win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, the way I look at it is if the Predators could keep playing Pecorine with how bad he's playing, then the Rangers could sure as hell play Lundqvist. Okay, here's where I stand on this. It's either going to be the best move that they make as a manager team in New York, or the worst they've ever made. Because, now I listened to Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick talk about this prior to the deadline, and they basically said, like, what was probably happening behind the scenes, or what, a potential thing that might be happening, is that the Rangers told Lundqvist, hey, listen, we can trade you, or you can stay here, but if you stay here, you're not going to play. So we'll give you some time to think about it. And I think that's exactly what's happening. Is I think they told him, hey, we can trade you. I don't think he waived his NTC. And I think they said, okay, well then, you're not going to play. And I think the idea here is to force him out next year in the summer, make him go in the summer, I want to trade, and then bring him back after he retires. Now... If that's the play and it works out, that's brilliant because you don't have to play Lundqvist and you don't have to trade him. And nobody looks like the bad guy during the season. However, there's a chance here that they could do to him what the Leafs did to Matt Sundin and a lot of teams do to players, Pittsburgh with Yager, where they could potentially lose out on a brand ambassador, a future team personnel guy. And he has potential to be like a bunch of like roles in the Rangers. There's a chance that they could lose out on that if they spurn him because if he wanted to trade and they just didn't trade him or, if, I mean, if he wants to stay in play and they misled him, this is a chance to blow up in their face. So I am very interested to see what happens here. Back to trades. <laughs> that was a nice little break. The Rangers traded Brady Shea for a first-round pick. It's a pretty simple trade. Brilliant on the Rangers' part. I did not think he was worth a first round, but hey, good for the Rangers in managing to fleece a first-rounder out of the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes, they get a decent defenseman. So, give the Rangers an A, Hurricanes a C. I really don't have anything to add on that. I mean, I think that he can have the potential to be a really good fit in the Hurricanes system. Top two pairing, maybe top pairing if he really hits the high end. I mean, 
for a first round pick, depending on how he performs, it makes a lot of sense. And I like the trade. I give B pluses to both. Yeah, I think it's an A trade for both. I love that the Hurricanes, they don't love the other trades they made, but I like this one a lot. They get a defenseman who's going to fit in. I, of course, I think Brady Shea would have rather stay in New York. I think he's a New York boy. First round pick, I mean, that's going to be a nothing pick, most likely. Even if they do miss playoffs, which they might, it's still going to be like a team for 20 pick. So that's okay, I think. And the Rangers continue to rebuild the right way. Jeff Gorton is a very good businessman. And like I said previous with Lundqvist, I think he's got potential to have a good team coming up. A couple things we're going to touch on before we move on from hockey. Joe Thornton did not move, and he said he wanted a chance. Do you think the Sharks should trade Joe Thornton? I would have, because they could have easily just traded him for, like, a fifth-round pick. And then if they wanted, they could have re-signed him again in the offseason. I think that it was extremely a missed opportunity, I should say, on San Jose's part to deal him because he deserves to go to a team that's going to compete, and he's... Probably not going to have many years left. If he doesn't retire this year, he's not going to be a San Jose Shark next year, and he's going to go somewhere else and retire. That's probably going to be it for Joe Thornton. I think the Sharks made the right move here. Do you know how much Joe Thornton makes? What? $5 million. If you're a team that's a competing team, who's going to trade for him? Do you want your team taking on a fourth liner for $5 million? They probably could have retained cap. How much? How much do you retain at that point? 2.5? Do you know what the cost is going to be for that? Are you going to pay a first-round pick for Joe Thornton? Because that's what it's going to be to retain cap on a team that doesn't have cap. The Sharks are cap-strapped. So I think they made the right move here. Joe Thornton had every opportunity to leave. He signed a one-year deal. He can go next year, too. I love Joe Thornton. I have absolutely no sympathy for him. He chose to stay there. He signed. He took the money, which he earned, but he took the money over taking a cheaper deal that could have seen him moved out. The teams that were supposed to pick him up didn't make an offer on him. Dallas and Boston. Neither team made a serious offer, and that's who was supposed to be linked to him the most. What are the Sharks going to do? Trade him for nothing? He's still a player, but I think it's a smart move. He's going to be gone next year anyway. No, I, he's not going to be. A, he's not going to be a Shark. So, like, guess something for him. I don't think they could have. I don't think you can move that contract. The only other team that I even heard was in on him was the Leafs, and they cannot afford a five million dollar anything but a little fourth liner. And he's. I don't think he even plays on most teams most nights. Like, what contender do you know that can afford to play him? He's not good. I hate to say it, he's not a good player anymore. He is he's, a... He's not a good player anymore, even though he has 30 points for a 40-year-old. I think that's pretty good. It's not good. He's playing first line for one of the worst teams in the NHL. I'm pretty sure you could say the same thing about the Ottawa Senators. Chris Tierney has, like, 50 points. I don't think that makes any difference. Somebody has to score points, right? The point is the fact that he can't play defense anymore. The only thing he does well is wins face-offs. I mean, he's still got that temper that he's always had, so he's taking penalties. He's slow. He doesn't have the passing that he used to, and he's never really been a goal scorer. Like, he could finish, but he's not a big goal scorer. And I think that's what you trade for the deadline. I don't understand the backlash that the Sharks are getting for this. That's a smart deal. Moving on, biggest winners and losers. Just who do you think did the best overall, and who do you think did the worst? And this could also include non-teams that didn't do anything or did something small. I know you wanted to talk about the Avalanche. This could be your chance. Yes. All right, so the winner, Ottawa Sanders. They accumulated a bunch of first-round, second-round picks for nobodies. Well, I want to say... Pajua, nobody, but they got picks to secure their future. The Rangers, I think, also did very well this year. Losers, Lightning. You don't give up all your first-round picks for grinders. You just can't do that. I don't care if you're favored to win the Stanley Cup or not. You got blown out in the first round last year. You can't get rid of your luxuries for that. I would say my biggest winners are... The teams that actually didn't do much because I was listening to the Sunday brunch edition on NHL Network on my drive up here. And they were talking about how there are seven teams, including the Philadelphia Flyers and the Colorado Avalanche, who were teams that didn't do much or didn't do anything at all. I know in Colorado, the only two trades they made at deadline where they got Michael Hutchinson and for Callie Rosen and they got Nemesnikov for what was that a fourth? So, like, if you look at those teams, there are seven teams in the NHL that did not make enough moves, according to reporters, or they didn't make any moves, and they are undefeated since the trade deadline. Granted, it's only been three games, three or four games, depending, but the teams that made those bigger moves, like Carolina, they've been hot garbage since the deadline. Not saying that it's not going to right itself. You have new players in a system that are getting adapted to it, but I think that there goes to a lot of credit of the teams that relied on what they had. I mean, granted, Colorado was in rumors to try to get Carey Price, and that obviously fell through. But the teams that didn't make a lot of moves, I think, made the best out on this deadline. I know Joe Sackett had a quote that said something along the lines of, the best deals are the ones that you say no to sometimes. Something along those lines. He had a trade for Carey Price, and 
he was not willing to pay it. Let's just say that. Okay, then. Interesting little quote there. Biggest winner to me is Detroit Red Wings. I mean, they're likely going to end up with Lafreniere or somebody of the like here soon. And I think getting more picks is good. They didn't give up anybody of value. They kept on winning with picks. I mean, they got rid of Mike Green. They got rid of Athanasiu. I think all around they did a good job. Biggest loser to me was the Dallas Stars. I think that's a team who was one step away from the Stanley Cup, and they didn't do anything. I think the only thing they needed to do was get depth. Like, to me, a, t a player like Barkley Goudreau or Blake Coleman, that's who they should have targeted. And they didn't get anybody. And they got a depth defender, which is not what they needed. So that's my take on that. All right, moving along from hockey. Got a lot of spring training stuff to talk about. And here's where I stop talking. The Astros, here's where I stop talking. <laughs> the Astros Revenge Tour is in full-on swing. I saw a thing where it's like, so far in spring training, Astros players have been hit by seven pitches yep. so far. which four, is Four games. I also saw a thing where the MLB wanted to enforce like a new rule about hitting players with the baseball. Oh, yeah, do they? Do they like, really? Like, they, do, they, do they want to enforce a rule in, in this sport where they clearly don't care? Because let me tell you, let me, I'm going to rant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this out of my way and I'm going to rant. Here we go. Rob Manford should resign from his post. He's a terrible commissioner. You don't call the biggest trophy in your sport, the commissioner's trophy, you don't call it a piece of metal. You don't do that. If Gary Bettman or NFL guy came out and said that the trophy is a piece of metal, I'm sorry, Roger Goodell, and they came out and called the trophy a piece of metal, do you know how much backlash they would get? You don't call the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Then... You want, oh, you want to put in a rule because you're afraid of players getting hit. Maybe you don't let them cheat for three years. Maybe you don't be afraid to argue with the MLBPA and actually charge the players. Maybe you do something of significance other than let the team deal with it themselves. Just maybe. Oh, and by the way, I can't wait till every single game the Astros players play, they get booed. Let's talk about the fact that not only in spring training, have they already had a sign-stealing scandal, which I thought was hilarious, where they actually stole somebody's poster board sign. Hilarious, by the way. Also, George Springer, trash. Alex Bregman, trash. Jose Altuve, trash. Prove me wrong, because you haven't done it yet. The last time Jose Altuve actually deserved to do anything was 2016. And what did he do that year? Look at his home and away splits. Look at all their home and away splits. Until they prove it, like, oh, I heard the, there's a big story on ESPN. Oh, there, there's a lot of breakdown in the clubhouse. They're sad. There's going to be a lot of disarray. This might be the year that they actually don't do well. Too bad, dude. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. You cheated, you lose. It does not matter. I hope that stadium is booed to the ground because it does not matter. Dusty Baker comes out and says, oh, the MLB needs to do something about our players getting hit and our players getting booed. What do you want them to do? Hey, well, don't cheat. That's a great idea. I know you just got there. Don't cheat. That's the best idea you can do, okay? Don't cheat. And one last thing before I'm done yelling, Aaron Judge should have won the 2017 AL MVP. Well, actually, AL MVP is going to be <laughs> Kevin Kiermaier, but that's my opinion. My hand so. really hurts. So, Stop well, maybe next time, don't punch the table. <laughs> Idiot. I don't know how I can even come back to say anything after that, so I'll just, I'll just leave that up in the air. I don't like the Astros at all anymore. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, I originally liked them because I thought that they built a team the right way. And then they cheated. Until... Until the whole cheating thing came out, and I'm like, yeah, no, they didn't build the team the right way. They're just, yeah, bad. Don't cheat. Cheating's bad. It takes away from the integrity of the sport, and baseball has had so many of these kind of things. Who was it last time that had a sign-stealing scandal? Wasn't it Boston? Or am I just the making... Yankees, the, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers have all been... Yeah. There's like literally 18 teams named in a deposition. You're talking more than half of baseball. It's not sign stealing that's the problem. It's the fact of how they did it. That's it's fair, the fact yeah. that they legitimately used technology to cheat. Yeah. I got nothing. I haven't been watching a whole lot of baseball because my team's been hot garbage at Colorado. There was a stat. Uh, Let me ask you what the difference is. Is it different if you catch somebody tipping pitches? Is it different if you're the Red Sox and you use a Rolex watch or whatever it was to time pitches? Or is it different when Clayton Kershaw who a year ago, two years ago, 2018, was still is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He threw 52 either splitters or curveballs. How many of those went for a swing and a miss? Take a guess. 35. 10. Zero. Zero swings and misses on one of the best pitchers in baseball's best pitches. Do you know what the percentage is on that? It's 0.0000398. They have less than a 0.1% chance, basically, of doing that. 
because, oh, not because they're good baseball players, because they cheated. The best pitcher in baseball could not get a swing in the miss on one of his best pitches in the modern era on 52 of them because they were stealing. And you want to tell me that they deserve to win that World Series? The one set that I remember that I can't forget was Altuve at home went like 7 for 13. Yep. And then away he went 1 in 20 or something like he that. He has a 200% difference on his OPS. Like, that's insane. That's the difference between a major leaguer and a minor leaguer. That's the difference between somebody batting the Mendoza line and batting 270. That's incredible. You're talking about the difference between a potential player who's in the running for a hitting title and somebody who's batting below 250. <laughs> You're looking at the difference between someone who's contending for a bank title and someone contending for an MLB team. Yes. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yes. That is a... Somebody competing for a bench spot, let alone that. <laughs> Not even a roster spot. A bench spot for a pinch hitter position. Somebody talking about... Adam Jones is still in the league, just so you know. <laughs> in every... That's unfortunate. That's sad. Chris Davis is still in the league. Real quickly. One for 301. Are you kidding me? One for 300? Woo! I could bat one for 300 on accident. I'm not even joking. I'm pretty sure... You could probably lay the bat in the strike zone somewhere and probably that's hit a, it that's more. That's a technique. That's a technique to miss that many balls. That's incredible. Do you think he's just that bad on purpose? I hope so. There's I, no other explanation. Chris Davis was the Baltimore World's MVP. Because of him, they got Adley Rushman. Like, they should be thanking him for being so bad at baseball. Is Chris Davis a better hockey player than he is a baseball player? Discuss. I mean, hey, his batting average went up this year compared to last year. This year it was 179. Last year it was 168. I don't think you can go less than zero. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where do we go from here? World Series. We could, we could break your own promise and we could talk XFL. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, PJ Walker, baby, XFL MVP. Quickly. Temple alum. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Marquette King, MVP. <laughs> Quickly, MLB World Series predictions. Just what team do you think is going to win? Early spring training prediction. Oh, man. I don't Just know. Just pick one. Dodgers. Stole it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh, I see what you did there. Ah, Dodgers. Uh, I'm a homer, so you do even need to know. Garrett Cole MVP. For all all Garrett listening, Cole. he Garrett is wearing his, uh, his Yankees shirt with a Yankees undershirt with, with a Yankees hat. This next, guy. I had to drive this guy to the socks. studio, and I was, uh, I want to sanitize my car now. Uh, yeah, let me guess. All he was talking about was Garrett Cole, right? No, he wasn't. Because Garrett Cole is the savior. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> give it time? All right. Oh, God. I've done a lot of yelling today. Do we want to cover anything else? Don't say XFL. Bruh, you I, need to watch some XFL. Yeah. It's actually pretty good in yeah, my opinion. It's I, not I, great, I really, but it's pretty good. I really like the kickoff rule they have. I think it's interesting. I'm more or less interested in, and Chris is going to leave the room. I'm more or less interested <laughs> in the punt rule that they have, where if it goes out of bounds or in the end zone, it's a 35-yard touchback. So quick, That's who's weird. your XFL MVP so far? I don't have one yet. I'm still trying to get accustomed to watching it. Yesterday was the first game I actually got to watch it live. What game was that? St. Louis game against Seattle. Yeah, Battlehawks and yeah, Dragons. Yeah, I watched it pretty great, too. It was, I want to say it was the Unicorns versus the Dragonflies, and the best part of the game was when it ended. So I think that if you gave it an actual shot, you I would did. appreciate it. No, no, you didn't. I watched the game. You flat out said before the league started that it's a joke. It is, but I, I didn't hate it originally. No, no, it, no it. it is a joke. But, yeah, but they know it's it. football outside of the NFL, and it's, it's not like, football. I'll watch it. It's like it's closer it's to more, it's badminton. It's more football than when you try to throw one. I uh, yeah, probably. I was a kicker. Anything else? Yeah, kicking the bench anyway. Pretty much. <laughs> so are there any prospects coming up in MLB that are tearing it up in spring training right now that you know about? It's really early. How about this? I'll give you the top five to watch. If you didn't read the article on Daft Picks, by all means do so too. I'm really interested this year to see if Adley Rushman makes the Orioles. I don't think he will. Uh, that'll be interesting. Wander Franco could really make the raise out of spring training. I'd love to see him play. Sixto Sanchez would be great. Debbie Garcia for the Yankees, just as a homer pick. And I, I know he's not really a prospect per se anymore, but this will be the year we get to see Michael Kopech for the White Sox debut. So I'll keep an eye on him. What about the one I can remember is Luis Urias? Oh, Luis Urias? Yeah, he got traded to the Brewers. We'll see. I think he'll be a starting one. And another one to keep an eye on with the Red Sox, Tristan Casillas. Yeah, it's prospect watch. One more thing. Are we about to wrap? I think so, yeah. Okay. Just before we do, coming up at the end of March here, the week of the first week of MLB, so the 22nd, we'll say, we're going to do a Ducks on the Pondcast, so we'll have some baseball guys on, hopefully. I Talk. won't be joining, yeah, if that's know. the case. Yeah, Ooh. And that'll be that. And then one more time, just to update you all, the date for the 
draft picks, drafty awards, as we always do, has been set. We're going to try to do it the weekend of the draft. I think it's June 22nd, so probably June 23rd. Why going to drop the quote of absolute garbage again when uh, uh, McKinnon's robbed of the heart once more? Hold that thought. I'll play the clip live on air. This is unseen footage, I'm pretty sure. Give me one second. Wasn't that this. 2017? Dude, it was probably or, somewhere. Or, I, I think I think that year I hit all of my predictions for trophies besides two. That's still not that good, but okay. What do you mean that's not that good? I mean, you say all the all the trophies. Great job, all but two. Uh, I mean, absolute gar- Yeah, <laughs> Love Taylor it. Hall. I will fight anyone to this day. I think it was the 2016 or 2017 season. I forget which one it was. <laughs> Taylor Hall got the heart instead of McKinnon. I'm sorry, he did not deserve it. No. I mean, he had like 40 more points than anyone else on the team. So do, I mean, do you like, want to I mean, yell? You're the one who hasn't yelled yet. Do you want to yell? I'm, mm, I'm just saying that if McKinnon does not get the heart this year, there is a problem in the NHL. Well, the, well, he, well is, he's not, he's not going to get well, the heart. Yeah, he's not. He's not even the best player it's in the division. Be, it's gonna be Bruh. Dry, bro. It's gonna be Dry Seidel. No, it's not. He rely. All right, I don't want to start yelling. But it's gonna be McKinnon. Dreisaitl does not deserve it. McDavid does not deserve it. But the only person in my mind that deserves it besides McKinnon is Pasternak. Uh, That's it. It's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to be a Yankees pa- fan. Pasternak has two other players on his line. Yeah, Dreisaitl McKinnon's been dealing one. with injuries all season. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and he's Wait, been back. I can't Colorado. imagine my star player being injured. <laughs> If Adam was running the awards show, every Colorado player would get a trophy. Oh, no, yes. I, now for the 2016 MVP, Sven Andrighetto. <laughs> Pavel Francouz gets your the Vesna. Vesna. <laughs> ah, somehow winning all three Smythe, Vesna, and Hart. Pavel Francouz. <laughs> Regardless to say, though, Francouz has put up. McKinnon's not even the, the best, best player in the NHL right now. Bruh. Dreisaitl, Pasternak, Matthews. I forgot the fourth guy I was going to say. <laughs> Pasternak's on a Boston system that... He hasn't had to deal with injuries all season. Dreisaitl and McDavid, okay. I don't even have to argue that. Could, could I say you take dry, one of them, say, you take Dreisaitl away from McDavid or McDavid they away from They haven't played together all Wrong. season. Wrong. They haven't played together all Adam, season, but Adam, at the same Adam, time, Adam, they're, Adam. they won't Adam. play that level. When McDavid was out for like... Listen, Gary! When, <laughs> Listen, Gary! <laughs> when McDavid was out for like a week and a half, Dreisaitl had his hottest point streak of the season. He had like 12 points in like five games. And that was without McDavid. I don't see Dreisaitl getting it. Point title, yes. Hart, no. All right. If well, any Edmonton Oiler is going to get it, it's going to be McDavid. That's our it's show not for today. Be <laughs> I am. I will fight you on air. <laughs> that's our show. Thanks for yelling. <laughs> but that is it today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back probably next week, and hopefully a little less yelling. I didn't think the trade deadline show would get this heated, but here we are. Thanks for listening. <laughs>